What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. My name is Brandon. I'm joined here with my father Mark. Hey dad. Hey Brian. Good to be hey. sort of with you. I'm not beside you but uh, on the same screen so that's good. Close enough uh, with the world we're in right now. We got a new system we're trying out here. I'm pretty excited for it. We got uh, all sorts of little features and tools we can use and yeah bear with us because we're, we're learning this little uh, system here just as much as you guys probably are. But anyways today I wanted to announce a fun new mini series that we're going to be bringing to the channel. It's called building up a, a dividend portfolio. This is a little series that's going to be specifically catered to investors that are looking to uh, invest for passive income. They want to build a portfolio of dividend stocks. And in this four part series, we're going to be talking about the different approaches that an investor can take when building up a portfolio. People tend to think when it comes to dividends, that's just one way to build a portfolio. And it's just, uh, you know, dividends is one big uh, like blanket field. That's so far from true. And that, that, that's, that's so true. We, we think of dividends as one sort of ubiquitous type thing, but there are, um, you know, there's high yielding dividends, there's safe dividends, there's dividends that are too high. There's, you know, companies, there's good companies that pay no dividend or a very low dividend. So hopefully in this series, we'll be able to give the viewers a really good perspective of those different factors, the different things you need to consider when you're making an investment for dividend purposes, right? 100%. And in this first lesson of the dividend series, we're particularly going to be focusing on dividends that pay a high yield. So we can call this, you know, series number one or le lesson number one of high income dividend, a high income dividend portfolio. In our second series, just FYI, we'll be focusing in on dividend growers. So companies that may not have the highest yield currently, but over time, we'd expect that to compound and grow. And then we're going to get into a couple other ones, which we'll you guys can wait on that. But in particular, in this video, we're looking for high dividend yielding companies. Now, who would this be for? We'll just start with a little intro. We're going to get into a few stock selections. We have each selected three companies, which we're going to highlight for you guys. If we were hypothetically, you know, making a portfolio for this, but dad, why don't you give a, why don't you give your thoughts on, you know, who would be someone that w would benefit from a high yielding dividend portfolio? Well, from a top level down, I would say, Brandon, there's a couple of different reasons people buy dividend uh, paying stocks. Number one is, well, I mean, for the, just the compounding effects of dividends, companies that pay dividends, um, you it, it grows your wealth much quicker than if you're just relying on the price appreciation. Usually high dividend paying stocks, though, are bought specifically for the purpose of generating income that you're going to need today. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, where you see that is um, quite often in people who are perhaps retired or have no other source of income, um, you know, source of income, then you're going to be looking at your investments to generate that cash flow. So um, it makes sense in one respect that you're going to want a company that pays a higher dividend yield uh, as it's going to spin off more cash flow into your portfolio, which ultimately you're going to take out and, and spend. You do have to be very careful, though, because. Um, we can be drawn into high dividend paying companies that are riskier than your demographic probably wants. So you really have to find the value. If you're you know, 25 or 30 and you're um, you know trying to generate a higher yield, there's um, not such a not such a high risk that if these companies you know go south, you're going to be hurt. But if you're relying on this income in your retirement, you do have to really find that sweet spot between. Uh, an attractive yield, and yet not in a yield so strong that the company's not going to be able to, su to sustain that. I, I think that's actually one of the biggest mistakes that uh, investors make, especially beginners. They 
they see the high yield on a stock. They see the seven, eight, nine, 10% yield, and they throw everything else out the door in, in, in regards to how the company's doing, well, in regards to how safe that dividend is. And, and in fairness to the younger investors, I mean, in my career, I saw that with, with all age uh, ranges. It's so attractive. It's kind of like if you went out to buy a GIC and you can get 2% or you can get 12%. Well, you're going to lean towards the 12%. But you know, even a guaranteed investment certificate is only guaranteed to the point that the institution is going to be able to pay that money back to you, right? So yeah, more prone to the younger people wanting to take more risk, but there's sort of the hidden risk um, that even a mature person is going to uh, take without being aware. They just see that and want to run with it, right? Absolutely. And I think yeah. to just touch on some of the dangers there before we get into our stock picks, mm-hmm. what a lot of people won't realize is, yeah, maybe you look at this 12% dividend and it looks super attractive. It looks super juicy. You buy the you buy the stock for that dividend. And if it is unsustainable in terms of the company is not in a position to afford that dividend in terms of their financials or just not, um, they're nowhere, it's uh, too high of a dividend to be justified that will often result in, in my experience, in a couple of key cases, either the company um, simply can't afford the dividend, they cut the dividend, they suspend the dividend. And right. of course, if you're investing in, in it for that yield, like you said, if you're in retirement and you're relying on that, that is a terrible sign when all of a sudden you don't get any more paychecks coming in the door. But second to that, when a company does cut their dividend and the news is all over the headlines that a company had to slash the dividend because they're struggling, yeah. that is almost always corresponding with a drop in the share price and sure investors you know, when, when you when you price a stock and when you buy it you're pricing in future cash flows right and if all of a sudden those cash flows go away that's a huge part of the calculation that goes into the price that you should pay today so absolutely when you see that dividend you know even cut or certainly uh suspended you're pretty much always going to see a corresponding drop in the share price so it's like a double whammy you lose your income and the value of your investments drops as well so even if you shift them into something else that pays a more secure dividend while you're starting, you know, you're behind the eight ball right, right from the get go. Right. So exactly that. Well, Hey, there's just so much to learn about this, uh, about this, this area of investing, looking forward to the next, well, this and the, the subsequent videos to this. Yeah. This is going to be a fun series. And if you guys uh, like this, share your thoughts down below. If this is a fun series, if you guys enjoy these videos, like give us a big thumbs up because that just, um, that helps out the channel more than you guys would know, but we've blabbed on long enough. Let's get into some of the stock picks here, dad. Um, why don't you start off with one of your selections? By the way, this is a mix of, uh, as a Canadian investor, we're obviously based here in Canada, Vancouver, myself, Powell River for my dad. Um, we talk about this time and time again, that having a healthy mix of US and Canadian investments is likely the way to go. People do tend to just go with Canadian investments. Um, maybe they're being a little bit biased to where we live and whatnot, but as you will see throughout today's video, we have a healthy mix of Canadian and U.S. stocks, and we'll talk about exactly why as we get deeper on. Well, I'll kick it off, and I'll just add to that, Brandon. You're right. We, we'd we love if all of our companies were Canadian, I and mean, we're proud Canadians. But realistically, when you're looking at investing, Canada is such a small player, and so much of our uh, economy is focused on, you know, two or three major industries, so our sectors rather. So you can't really just break it down to that. So yes, we're going to have a mixture of U.S. We're going to have a mixture of, of Canadian uh, stocks in this presentation today. I'm going to kick things off and with a Canadian company. Uh, in fact, it even has Canada in the name, Bell Canada. Uh, so the ticker on this company is BCE. Now, most 
most Canadians will be familiar with this company. Um, it has been around uh, for, you know, gee, I think since about 1880. Um, the company uh, is currently trading at around $57 a share, and it's spinning off a dividend of 6.22%. Uh, a wow. little brief overview of the company for those who might not know it. It has about 51,000 employees and about 19 million subscribers in Canada, which is a big chunk of our population, and about 10 million wireless uh, subscribers. Company operates in three basic segments, which are wireless, wireline, and media. Uh, companies that they own that you probably uh, heard of or are used Bell, Can or Bell, uh, Virgin Mobile, Lucky Mobile, and they own the chain of the the source uh, where you might go to get some you had cable or connector. I know I certainly use them for certain technological needs. We're going to look here at a 10-year chart, which is going to show us, again, I mentioned this earlier, that the company's yielding about just over 6% uh, right now, and it has a 10-year compound annual growth rate of 6.43%. I don't think that number is on the chart, but it's about 6.43% growth rate over the last 10 years. The payout ratio, as you'll see, is a little bit high at about 85% currently. Now, um, the company targets a payout ratio of between 65 and 75%. So it is at the high end now. This industry is known for having that, you know, pushing things up a little bit to the higher end of the payout ratio. It's not something at this point that really can, um, concerns me at all. I want to look at a chart now that shows the, the last 10 years of this company. It's going to compare the price return of the company and compare it with the total return. So the difference is the price return is just the share price, whereas the total return is the share price and you factor in any dividends that, that are on top of that. So this chart shows that the over the past 10 years, Bell Canada has uh, returned 62% um, over the long run. Now that's X any dividends. If you factor the dividends in, in you see that, that, that the return grows to 172%. This really shows the, the effect and the impact that uh, dividends have on an investment. Um, overall, uh, I love the security of this company. It's, you know, it operates in a oligopoly type system where there's very few players. It's one of those main players. It has very strong pricing power. And, you know, it's a company that I can just sleep well at night. And I know that the dividend, even though it's high, I feel is very secure. So my first company is Bell Canada. I like it. I like it. I can't argue with that, dad. Um, <laughs> I can move over now to, I guess, my selection here. Uh, let me get me up on here. Nice. You can take a little breather. Oh, um, water. The company that I have selected, if I were building up a portfolio, is also a Canadian one. And it's one we've covered multiple times on the channel before. It's the company Power Corp, ticker P-O-W. Today, the shares trade at about $33, almost exactly $33 Canadian. The yield, as you'll see up near the top of this page, is 5.42%. So another very nice starting yield, not quite as high as Bell Canada, but an above 5% yield is something that we'd love to see if we're looking for high income. Um, I won't be getting too deep into the Power Corp explanation in terms of how the company operates and what they do, because again, I have covered them a lot. I'll actually uh, do what I can to post a video, uh, post a link up on the top for you guys. But one of the things in particular that I've really noticed with this company as of recently, it's really been picking up some traction is their wealth simple a simple tax. This is the new uh, tax software that is obviously run through Wealthsimple. I've had friends, uh, I've seen on the internet how pleased people are with this service, especially given, I mean, over the past month, everyone's here doing their taxes. And it's really, um, apparently, I haven't actually used this one, but it's supposedly a very intuitive platform. And 
I know, especially amongst my my community here, my or my demographic, the younger uh, audience, they're very much liking this platform. And it's one of the many examples of how this financial company has avenues to monetize down the road. It's a free platform as of right now, to the best of my knowledge. But when you can get people liking your product, liking your platform, that just provides a lot of opportunity down the road. I think they're actually doing some very good things with Wealth Simple as well. A lot of the viewers uh, watching at home very likely invest on Wealth Simple Trade. You build your portfolios on Wealth Simple Trade. This is all run through the company PowerCorp. So, in terms of this company's uh, dividend, this is a company that pays a dividend quarterly, like many companies. You'll actually note here that uh, typically we do see a, a dividend increase in the second quarter. If you look back over the past few years, it's very common to see that jump up in the second quarter payout. Today, they pay a dividend of 44 cents per quarter. This is the equivalent of about uh, $1.76 per share that, you'd be, that you would be getting yearly. And with PowerCorp, they have a very, very healthy payout ratio. They're paying out just about exactly 50% of their earnings. To me, this signifies that they are in no stretch. Uh, there's no, this is, there's not a lot of um, scrutiny to meet the demands of paying out these dividends. And especially with a high price like that, it's something that I, a high yield like that. This is something that we love to see. Just to do a little bit of quick math here, which I kind of like visualizing if you would have invested a thousand dollars in uh, as of today, if we went out, if we went out and put a thousand dollars into the company PowerCorp, that would generate generate us on a yearly basis, about $54 and 20 cents in dividends. Of course, if we scale that number up to let's say $10,000, that'd be $542 that we'd be pulling in, in dividends per year. Obviously you can use the numbers that are more appropriate to your situation, but this is another one where if we take a look at the actual share price relative to the total return, crazy how much of a difference this shows over a 10 year number when you include dividends. And it's so funny dad, you know, whenever I talk about PowerCorp on the channel, you always get the people saying this stock isn't going anywhere. This stock just trades flat and it's, to look at a chart like this and realize the impact that dividends can have over your total return, it is, uh, it's it's mind-changing. It really opens your eyes to how powerful this passive income can be with a, with a stock, especially with the dividends, dividend yields such as that. So PowerCorp would be my selection uh, for the first stock, uh, my first one of three. Very good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead with my second uh, stock of the day. So the company I'm going to pick is called Iron Mountain Incorporated. Now, this is a U.S. company trading at around $37 per share, and it's paying a dividend of 6.74%. Now, I'm going to assume that most of you have never heard of this, uh, you know, of Iron Mountain Incorporated. It's one I've, of those I've, I've never heard of it. Not, <laughs> this is the first for me. Well, it's one of those sort of behind-the-scenes infrastructure-type companies. Um, it's actually a global leader, uh, and what it does is it, it offers storage and information management services. Um, the, scale, the, the sort of the scale or the scope of the company, um, it operates in, in more than 50 companies. It has around four, or just shy of 1,500 different facilities. Um, it works with uh, almost a quarter of a million different companies around the globe. So, the, you know, what it does basically is it, it um, offers secure uh, record storage, uh, information management, uh, digital transformation, a whole bunch of the sort of these top level names um, securely destroys or, you know, it offers secure destruction. So it'll get rid of information in a safe manner that you don't want to be out have out there. Uh, it has data centers, it has cloud services, uh, an art storage and logistics uh, division. Um, it has rapidly been expanding and it has uh, you know, roughly an $80 billion market that it plays in. 
Let's have a look at the 10-year chart in this company. As I mentioned, the yield is around 6.7%. Um, now, this company has a 10-year compound annual growth rate of that dividend. And catch this, 20.75%, so almost 21%. On a compound basis. Now you'll see, though, back in uh, you know up until around mid 2014, the company paid a relatively small dividend. It jumped up quite substantially, so it's a little bit misleading. Uh, a five-year number, uh, the growth rate is just over five percent, so around 5.3 percent. That falls probably more in line with what you would expect for a, a reasonable, actually quite a healthy, uh, sustainable growth rate. Um, over the past 10 years on the chart here, we'll see that the uh, dividend has steadily been raising, uh, rising rather. There's a payout ratio of around 72%. Um, let's look, uh, as we did on your last one there, Brandon, at the 10-year, uh, comparing the 10-year price change versus the 10-year yield. Again, just a vivid example of how important it is to ensure that we factor in dividends. The company has returned a paltry 19% growth over a 10-year time period. But when you factor the dividend in, 150, 160% uh, plus in total growth. So, um, you know, this series is about high yielding stocks. And, uh, you know, there's probably no better example than a company like this, where the share price doesn't seem to do much. But when you factor in the income that you're generating, and if you're a type of person who's living or, you know, living off of that dividend, well, this is exactly need because you don't need the price of the company to go up. You're not in the growth phase. You need it to sustain. And as long as it's spinning off that that income to you, that's the primary focus. It has to be sustainable. So quick word on that. Um, the company um, is a bit leveraged. And um, I spoke at the, at the outset here, management has you know reassured that the focus is on sustaining the dividend. So it's something that we just have to be aware of. Uh, but remember, we're talking about high yielding companies. So inherent with that is presumably a slightly higher level of risk than you're going to get in, you know, the old blue chip, you know, 60, 30, 40% payout ratio type company. So um, Mountain or Iron Mountain Incorporated is my second pick today. I think it deserves to be on the, uh, on the radar. Cool. Cool pick. And like I said, that's a new one to me. So yeah, great information there. I'll move on to my next pick, which is another favorite of the channel when it comes to dividends, Canadian Utilities ticker cu.to and this one as well uh, just like my last pick trades at almost exactly 33 dollars per share canadian the dividend here is 5.22 percent so another very very strong dividend i'll speak on a moment before we get into the company itself and this is a uh, uh, clearly a company that operates primarily in the utilities sector canadian utilities the name kind of gives it away there but as we touched on at the top of this video certain sectors are known for their dividends simply due to the way that they the business operates and utilities is really one of the it's the cream of the crop when it comes to reliable dividends the businesses they operate the field they operate in is a regulated field in fact you'll see uh, i'll put up a chart here for you guys just to see how much of the company's earnings come from regulated sources which provides that very very strong uh, certainty very very reliable the reliability of this money and how they can flow that straight through to dividends it isn't, of course, the highest growing sector. And for someone that's striving for growth, you may not want to put too much money in the utility sector. But if you're someone that does need that income and you are wanting reliable income, utilities could be your little golden area of the market. Because to take a look, to take a look at Canadian Utilities, uh, this is their Q4 2020 fact sheet. It does get the, the point across. This is Canada's longest paying dividend 
publicly traded company when it comes to the streak of actually increasing and paying these annual dividends. You'll see right above that a 49-year track record of increasing the dividends. So that just goes to show how reliable a company like Canadian Utilities is. In terms of their frequency, like many, they pay a quarterly dividend. And their dividend per share actually sits at about 44 cents per share. So very similar to the last company we looked at. You'll note that they as well have been raising it at a very decent clip. This dates back to 2015. We see double-digit raises. In 2019, they bumped it up to 7.6%. But as of today, this company pays a dividend of $1.74 per share. This is on an annual basis. If you tally up the current dividend as of today, again, we would expect this to increase over time. But if we were to look at that exact number and say $1,000 invested, very simply, that would give us $52.20 in dividends per year. If we had scaled that up to $10,000, that's $522 in dividends alone. So uh, it's tough for me to really argue with this company, as I've said before. This is just um, Canadian Utilities, one of the top dividend players right here in Canada. That'll be my pick number two. Well, I'm going to go to my third pick, Brandon. And... Um company actually has some ties, uh, well, to the sector. Uh, comparison, my first company was Bell Canada or BCE. Uh, I'm going to talk now about a U.S. company, AT&T, which is obviously in a very similar space. Um, I know that most of the viewers of this channel are Canadian, but I'm sure there are some American viewers as well. And uh, it seems like, you know, in, the, in your world, you either love them or you hate them. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk to them here from the perspective of can they produce a reliable dividend income stream. And um, AT&T, the ticker is T on the U.S. exchanges. Now, not to be confused with TELUS here in Canada, which also has the ticker T on the Canadian exchanges. So be careful with that. AT&T is trading currently at around $30 a share U.S., of course. Uh, paying out a dividend of just shy of 7%, so a very, very healthy dividend. Now, AT&T is the largest U.S. player in the, you know, in the uh, infrastructure, in, the, um, in, in this space. It has a world-class fiber and uh, wireless infrastructure, and I would say it has evolved quite well in the, in the new digital world as we've all uh, transferred over. Uh, AT&T also has a, an entertainment distribution platform, uh, much like Bell Canada here in Canada in the U.S., AT&T is the parent company of Warner Media uh, since since 2018, and the tie back to Bell Canada is they own, of course, HBO Max, which um, has recently launched uh, and is, has it's a, about two years ahead of its scheduled launch. And so far, they have about 41 million subscribers uh, in the U.S. and about 61 million globally. So they're doing well, uh, very good cash flow there. Again, as they've adapted to to the, the modern era. Uh, if we have a look at the 10-year chart, you're going to see that they have been growing their com uh, th their dividends at a nice, healthy rate. Uh, well, actually, it's only around 2%. So it's not, a, it's not a, a large rate like some of the other companies we've looked at today, but it is 2% plus. Current yield, as I mentioned, of 6.9%. This is an interesting case where you're going to look the bottom right side of this chart. You're going to see that there is a payout ratio of negative 27%. Now you wonder how does that happen? If you think about the payout ratio is, you know, the amount of dividends that they pay out uh, factored into the, the net income or the cash flow that they have. So how do you have a negative? Well, 
if a company loses money in a quarter or in a year, that's good. You know, just the math behind it is going to turn into that into a negative uh, a negative payout ratio. They, it doesn't mean that they're going to stop paying the, the uh, payment. It just means that they have no earnings to pay it from. So that's going to have to come from somewhere else. So that's going to be, you know, retained earnings, cash flow, that type of thing. If you look at the financials for AT&T, uh, this is, uh, if I look at the uh, last 12 months ending December 2020, you're going to see under the net income line, a loss of about $5 billion. And so that sort of circling back, that's how we get to that negative, um, the negative uh, payout ratio. Something that we don't see very often, but that hopefully just answers or clears that up, uh, that question up there. If we have a look now at the 10-year chart, the price versus the total, <laughs> talk about anemic. We're going to see a 10-year price change of negative 0.46% for, for uh, AT&T. So right. if you're looking at this purely from the perspective, uh, perspective you're looking at a, a price chart, you're going, why in the heck would I ever own a company like this? It's not, it's not making me any money. Now, when you factor in the dividends, they didn't shoot the lights out, but they have returned 73% over that same time period. Certainly not the greatest investment from a, an appreciation perspective. But again, if you're looking at providing reliable, steady cash flow into your portfolio, this is the type of company that uh, you know may provide that for you. Um, the company did finish the 2020 uh, fiscal year with about a 55% payout ratio. So I'm not worried uh, about this temporary blip in, in that, uh, you know, the earnings were down. Those will come back. They are committed to um, sustaining the dividend. And in fact, they have about $27 billion worth of free cash flow that's expected in the coming fiscal year to, to sustain that. So uh, AT&T is a bit controversial, uh, I would say. Uh, but all that factored in, it's a company that I think you should consider from the perspective of a high dividend payer that you can rely on for income. Let me finish my segment here off uh, with my U.S. dividend stock. Actually, kind of reminds me of AT&T in a sense. We do see a very high dividend, but it is a company in a completely different field. It's Altria. The ticker with this one is MO. And today the dividend is yeah not quite as high, but a 6.72% yield. Starting today, the shares trade at about $51.00 per share. Again, this would of course be US dollars. This one trades on the New York Stock Exchange. And if you are not familiar with the company Altria, uh, I don't blame you. It's not necessarily a household name. Uh, well, it is. The product is, but the name in and of itself, this is the parent company behind the tobacco brands such as Marlboro. They are investing heavily in areas outside of the traditional tobacco in terms of these smokeless products. They do even have exposure to Kronos Group, which I know a lot of people on YouTube tend to follow and like that's uh, of course a company in the marijuana sector but this is again a company that is in one of these dividend favorable sectors when you think about the habit of smoking when you think about the uh this the what's the word i'm looking for the not the habit but the i think it's the habit the ritual the uh yeah yeah i guess the habit, the habit. <laughs> yeah it's the consistency of a smoke is <laughs> not the way I was looking for, but sure. Yeah, it is a, it is a product where people keep coming back and back and back and the companies can generate a ton of reliable cash flow in that sense. In fact, looking at some of the numbers, Altria paid over $27 billion out in dividends over the past five years. And that is a lot of money that is being returned to shareholders. You will see that they also increase this um, very similar to AT&T. It's not a whole lot of growth, but because we have such a high yield currently, you know, we're not really expecting the company to grow, uh, grow like a, like a, like crazy. 
it's more or less sustaining the growth, sustaining that streak and just um, making sure they can afford that dividend. In terms of this company, they do target a payout ratio. Uh, let me just speak on the dividend first. They pay a dividend of $3.44 per year. So a nice dividend there. They do target, like I was saying, uh, a payout ratio of about 80%. This just really it can be classified as a dividend paying stock. They're taking 80% majority of their earnings and just flowing it straight back to shareholders. As of today, as we can see from this chart, we are pretty much right on track with that. I believe today we're looking at an 83% payout ratio. That is absolutely close enough, right on, right on target. And this is actually a company which I find fascinating. If you look during COVID levels, you could have picked this stock up with a starting yield at 10%, which is just insane. This stock has actually picked up pretty well. If you follow this company, they have been on a pretty steep downslope, but again, value mark, value and values plays have been coming a little bit back in favor. And this stock has picked up. It's done well actually on a one year number or year to date. But yeah, this dividend, like I said, pays $3 and 44 cents per year. That's the equivalent of if you invested $1,000, that's $67.20 in dividends. Uh, $10,000 on that would be $672 per year. And to look at this total return chart, over 130% difference when you factor in the total return of dividends. Very interesting to look at. And I will just speak on that before we wrap this up. Something that could be interesting uh, interesting way to approach this and a stock like AT&T and uh, your second pick for today, which was also a U.S. company, depending on where you hold these stocks in terms of which uh, accounts you hold them in, that can definitely save you some money on dividends. We talk all the time about how in an RRSP, you're receiving that entire dividend versus, of course, if you held these, if you held these U.S. stocks in the TFSA, well, still, even if you held them in the TFSA, even with the withholding tax um, accounted to that, you're still pulling in a great total return at the end of the sure. day. But of course, you could argue these would be favorable holds in the RRSP, a retirement account that is not subject to that. But hey, I think that would be, uh, I think we can move on to, we've basically developed up a little table of sorts, which would show you if this was a hypothetical portfolio. And if you like these six companies and you assumed, hey, this is a fair way to build up a dividend portfolio with high income. What you're looking at now on the screen is almost a schedule that you would receive in terms of income. And maybe dad, you can explain uh, a little sure. bit about this. And this is something I use quite regularly when I was uh, actually in the business, but uh, this is just an example using the six companies that we've spoken about here today. The assumptions are, are quickly this, we're assuming that you own a thousand dollars worth of each of these companies down the left column, you're going to see them listed in the order we spoke beside that is their current dividend yield. So, it just looks on a uh, each of these companies, uh, as do most publicly traded companies, pay a quarterly dividend. It's not always the case, but in this case, they do. So if you were looking to generate cash flow and use this essentially as your paycheck or as your income, this is how that would work. Interestingly, for these six companies in the month of January, none of them <laughs> pay a dividend. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you go January, February, March across this table, it shows you uh, when they pay. And it shows then at the bottom of that column, the amount of dividend income that you would receive in uh, in that month. So January, zero. February, we look at Bell Canada's uh, Canadian Utilities, Altria, and uh, Iron Mountain pay uh, each. They're totaling $62. Again, this is assuming you own $1,000 of each of these. $62 a month in the month of March. That income would be totaled to 31 Again, April, you'd have to save up your money because you're not getting any income there. May back to 64, June $31, et cetera. 
If you look over to the right side, it's going to show you the total for each one of those companies. So Bell Canada at the, at the end of the year, during the year, will have paid about $62 in dividend income based on $1,000. And that would be the total at the end of the year, around $378 of income. As you kind of talked a little bit during the um, during your talks, Brandon, this is assuming $1,000. If you had $10,000, you know, there'd be $37, almost $3,800 worth of income. This is really important. Um, again, when you're looking at cash flow, and this is something that if you're retired, you're investing for that purpose, you should have a schedule similar to this mm-hmm. so that you can plan out your budget, even the best spending people. You don't want to come across a, a month or so where you have no income coming in if you're not aware of it. Realistically, if you had a normal portfolio with, say, 20 or 25 or 30 companies in it, every month is going to be covered. But there's certainly going to be peaks and valleys during uh, during the, the year. Really importantly, again, these are projected uh, dividends. I spoke about this earlier. Nothing's guaranteed if we, you know, when we go into like a credit crisis or a COVID type thing, uh, any company is susceptible that they might um, cut the dividends. So this chart would be altered. But this gives you a pretty good sense of how that cash flow um, w- would work. Exactly. So we got a few more uh, parts to this series. If you are not subscribed to the channel for some reason and you're just watching this video, subscribe to the channel. That way you'll know when we post the second uh, second part of this series and the third and the fourth. I think we can wrap it up there, right? If you guys enjoyed the video, do just take a moment to drop a big thumbs up because I mean, I had a ton of fun doing this, uh, but it, it took a little bit of preparation and I, and um, yeah, that really does help out. It's a great way of showing your support. We look forward to seeing everybody in the next series, uh, the next episode of this series, and then kind of piecing it all together when we ultimately get, get down to down through to the very end yeah i would say if you watch it this far i am really impressed it might be i guess like like a book you read the first chapter and you flip to the end to see how it ends but if you watched it we really appreciate that because it's a bit longer well quite a bit longer than we normally put out um hopefully you found some value yeah we really enjoyed this together yeah and just let us know in the comments do you like the longer videos do you like the shorter videos what do you think of this whole side-by-side filming thing we are all we are all ears to make this um as seamless as possible for you guys so Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for supporting. As always, if you want to learn more about the stock market and investing, click the first link down below to check out our investing academy. We have courses, training programs for all levels for people that are looking to get better in the stock market or just flat out get started and in particular, maybe build up some passive income portfolios like this. You just need a bit more of a hand and a little bit more guidance, but that'll wrap it up for today's video. Thanks for taking the time, dad. You bet. Be nice if we could be side by side, Brandon, but uh, actually this kind of works okay. Yeah. Not too bad. One day, hopefully not too long from now. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you in the next video. See you in the next video. See ya.